Hello everyone, my name is Joshua Gilliland, attorney blogger on Bowtie Law and on The Legal Geeks. With me today is New York political consultant Jerry O'Brien. Hey Josh. How you doing? I'm well. Excellent. Well Jerry, you are a super S.H.I.E.L.D. fan going back since the beginning. 1965 I think it is. Yeah, and with Starenko and all that good stuff. And let's talk about season two. What do you think of the new season of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Much improved, a lot tighter, a lot faster, a lot more going on. I think they've learned a lot from their mistakes in season one. It's not perfect, but it sure is fun so far. I feel the same, really enjoying it. What do you think of some of the new characters that they've introduced? Well, I like that they've you know decided to add this guy, um, what is it, Hunter? Yes. Who, who is a sort of a, a mercenary, and he's already shown himself willing to betray S.H.I.E.L.D. a couple of times, yet he's good. They want to keep him around, and he's, I think, probably there more than anything else because he wants revenge for the death of his friend who was killed in the, in the premiere episode, um, uh, played by Lucy Lawless. I'm forgetting what her character's name was. Hunter? No, uh, he's, he's Hunter. He's Hunter. I'm I'm blanking on her name as well. Let's uh, just call her Lucy Lawless for, for, for ease. It, I agree with that. And I was kind of disappointed they knocked her out so quickly. Or have they? I mean, she died from holding this strange alien artifact. This is a science fiction comic book show. Death is not necessarily the end in, in this kind of genre. That and we're not one hundred percent because there is the crash. They did amputate the arm, and it's not like he really had time to do a sufficient check for vitals or try resuscitating. But uh, he was arrested, and if she was in critical condition, she could have died. <laughs> High probability. I'm not. Sh- I'm sure she died, but I. I'm just not sure she's going to stay dead. That is a problem in the Marvel universe. So. Or a benefit, depending if you're a Microsoft person. Um, uh, she, you know, she may simply wake up or reconstitute herself. You know, uh, I have a feeling that whatever they they buried in that cemetery was not her actual body. I have a feeling her body is probably in one of those shield warehouses or government warehouses, sort of like at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because she's come into contact with this alien technology that they really don't understand. Or a cryo tube like the Winter Soldier was kept in. Yeah, that's a good possibility. Always possibilities. I really like Mac, who is Fitz's new friend, and the interchanges that they've had between the two of them. Yeah, I, I, I like the way they're using Fitz this season. He's obviously brain damaged. He's emotionally damaged. And he's talking to himself, and he's imagining conversations with Simmons, who is no longer around. I'm going to call his hallucinations pseudo-Simmons. And, and it appears from the coming attractions that she not only has a new haircut, but she's working for Hydra. Probably as a spy, but, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. This is true. It'd be weird to do that giant of a 180 in values, to suddenly go, I am so angry I'm going to Hydra after, I, after how much she risked. The double agent or deep cover does make a heck of a lot more sense. Yeah. But being on the run, it'd be profoundly difficult to get Fitz the medical care that he needs, therapy, not a brain surgeon, but there has to be 
a lot of treatments that he would have to go through to have, well, looks like reduced to a normal IQ from his genius level IQ and delayed speech. Uh, obviously not being able to connect words and concepts like he used to. Yeah, he's damaged, and I think that makes him a more interesting character, uh, certainly more relatable to a lot of people. It's a neat spin, and watching the exchange between he and Mac and helping Fitz work out what he was thinking, identify what they, tool they needed to take on the absorbing man was interesting because he, he wasn't catering. He, but he wasn't belittling either. It was a very unique mix of helping somebody who's been hurt find the answer. It's also interesting because they are physically such an odd couple. Uh, you know, uh, Mac is this big, giant, kind of an action hero guy, and uh, Fitz is just this tiny, scrawny, little brainy guy who isn't so brainy anymore. Yeah, kind of like the you see those type of friendships in high school type settings where, you know, like the little guy befriends the big guy and the big guy, you know, keeps an eye out for the little guy because he doesn't want to see the little guy get stepped on. Exactly. It's, it's very, it's heartwarming. I like what they're doing. So what do you want to see more of as we move ahead to episodes three and, and forward? Well, in both of the first two episodes, you've seen glimpses briefly in the second one, more elaborate in the first, of Agent Peggy Carter from World War II. I would really love, to, and of course, in the middle of the coming season, they're going to have 10 episodes or thereabouts of an Agent Carter series set just after World War II. I'd love to see a couple of episodes with some element of time travel where you see the cast of the two shows intermingle with the caveat that for whatever reason, Coulson's people cannot warn her about Hydra. And it takes some real tricky writing, but it would be a lot of fun to see the two groups join side, join sides and work on, on a project together. That's one thing I'd really like to see. Something along those lines would be neat. Uh, it could also be, well, they can't really do like the holographic Peggy Carter to go talk to her. Either it would be time traveler or go visit the senior citizen version of Peggy Carter who's pushing 100. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I'd like to see is more about Glenn Talbot. Now, they, they gave him a promotion. He's now a brigadier general. But I'd like to see at least some references to his background. Like me, you know that his background was essentially revolved around searching for and trying to capture the Incredible Hulk. And there are a number of characters from that storyline that aren't central to the Avengers movie who you could see in an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode about Talbot, um, the leader who is another gamma ray victim who has increased intelligence and a huge head as a result of his exposure to the gamma rays, um, Betty Ross, Bruce Banner's former girlfriend and the daughter of General Thunderbolt Ross, who was Talbot's commanding officer for many years. And it would also be nice to see Talbot have some young computer hacker trying to help him track down Colson and company by the name of Rick Jones. That's a name we really haven't seen anywhere in the Marvel Cinema Universe uh, over the past few years, but he was a key player in some of the very early Marvel comics of the 1960s. And this would be a perfect time to bring somebody like him in. 
And not have him be everybody's sidekick. Because, exactly. Because he was the Hulk sidekick. He was Captain America's sidekick. He was Captain Marvel's sidekick. Turned into a Hulk for a while. Turned back to Rick Jones. Was the Abomination the last time I checked. Don't know if they still have that. But don't have him just be the third wheel every place. Have him have a storyline. And if he's going to be a sidekick, pick one character. Yeah, I just think it'd be nice to to hear about Talbot's background, and he spent so many years fruitlessly tracking the Hulk down before he found out that he was Banner. It'd just be nice to see some reference to that sprinkled throughout the series. I think it would add something to it. It would be interesting. Anything else from the comics you'd want to see incorporated in? Well, you know, the, the... Big problem, and it wasn't until almost the end of season one that I realized this, is that what we got with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really, and I'm talking about from a comics perspective now, was really not Nick Fury agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Jasper Sitwell agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Coulson is more of the kind of nerdy second or third in command type. He's not the natural action hero. And, and so he's, he's grown in the role, and he, I, I love the character and all that, but it was just one of the things that I think was holding the, se- the season back in the first season. I think um, he's grown into that quite a bit. I'd like to see a little bit more interconnected stuff, you know, uh, some of the companies, some of the countries, no reference to what's going on in, in Latveria. Um, and maybe some of the other minor Marvel characters, uh, now that they, there's going to be the Netflix series, there's no reason you can't have a reference to an attorney named Matt Murdock. I think they should just start connecting things a little tighter. And they probably have that on the roadmap because we're we're at episode two. So give it time. Uh, well, let's talk about your wheelhouse because you're a political consultant. They've announced that in episode three, Ward's brother, who's a U.S. senator, will be playing a role. So let's think about this from a political angle. If you were hired by President Ellis, who's had his vice president commit treason in Iron Man 3, an assassination attempt, kidnapping, downing of Air Force One, and then three giant aircraft carriers crash into the Potomac, followed by lots and lots of probably one of the largest failures of the intelligence world ever. How would you advise somebody like that who would possibly be seeking re-election? I'd tell him to run away as quickly as he could, as far as he could. And, you know, we talked earlier that it's unclear whether the events in Manhattan of the Avengers movie took place during Ellis's presidency or prior to it. If that indeed happened at the beginning of his presidency, it's just another huge disaster. It would be very difficult for someone like this to get reelected in any universe. The guy has presided over some of the major intelligence and political screw-ups of all time. I think the private sector is calling. Would, would having kind of this situation take place, would this be a good time to do a Rutherford B. Hayes maneuver and not seek re-election to let a, a Garfield come into play? <laughs> I, I think that would be the statesmanlike thing to do. Uh, I don't know what the political party situation is in the Marvel Universe, but very clearly, whichever party Ellis is a, the leader of 
is going to go for, through some very tough times in the months and years ahead after presiding over so many back-to-back screw-ups. I mean, whew, it's rough. The Another wrinkle would be Senator Stern, who was with Hydra. If he was in the same party as Ellis, that could really be the kiss of death. If he's in the other party, that could at least give some hope that everybody screwed up and trying to at least scapegoat the other side for letting that traitor in. Well, let's turn the tables and say that you have a up and coming politico in the Marvel universe, perhaps wears a bow tie. How would that individual mount a challenge to Ellis? Well, I think the, the two cornerstones of that kind of campaign have to be the economy and national defense. Assuming that, the economy in the Marvel Universe is similar to what we're going under now. That's a win-win for a challenger candidate. The national defense and security issues, again, um, all you really have to do is show that you've got some basic competence and that you want to clean house because the incumbent has shown he hasn't got the skills to do that. Uh, and whether or not Stern was a member of his party or the other party, I think voters are going to be looking for somebody fresh. So if a stylish, stylishly dressed, bow-tied candidate appeared, I think the world would be his cinematic oyster. One can hope they go that road. One can <laughs> hope. I think there would be an interesting spin because of how invasive S.H.I.E.L.D. was from a, when you look at NSA type of impact, if their privacy vote could take a place as well, because there's a difference between law enforcement to... Uh, national defense and we've had that blurring of lines in in our real world but i wonder if they could play with that as at all as a challenger well you have to think that if hydra has infiltrated shield to this point that you really can't be sure where hydra ends and shield begins that a lot of secrets a lot of private information has already been co-opted by hydra and that very little private information is sacrosanct and that they're probably, they probably did it in order to try and blackmail key people to, to forward their ends. So I, I think that, um, I think that works to the advantage of any challenger. If somebody is going to come forward to oust the current regime, you know, a lot of their work has been done for them already. Well, that when you had thinking back to winter soldier weapons that targeted based on DNA, well, they had to have DNA swabs of people. They had to access that database. And I don't know if that was through you know, national health care or, or whatever they did, but you have to have a sample of the DNA somehow in order to have a DNA encoded weapon. Exactly. And, and it sort of begs the question just how far down the rabbit hole does this Hydra thing go is, are there other government agencies that Hydra has infiltrated? You know, what, to what degree is the military compromised? To what degree is, well, we already know that at least one U.S. senator uh, was a member of HYDRA. If Senator, if senator Ward, the brother of Grant Ward, has some involvement, and he may, it shows that it's, not, it's, it's everywhere. It's pervasive. The Senator Ward will be an interesting spin because Grant Ward was busted out of juvenile hall and left in the woods and raised by Garrett for all intents and purposes. So that doesn't necessarily mean the brother is a member 
but could also be more in the concerned brother category at this point in time. Could be, although we've seen in our own history that the wayward siblings, children, and other relatives of national leaders are often an embarrassment. Think back to Billy Carter. Uh, it doesn't bode well if you have a close relative who's an agent of Hydra. No, no, it would not. And that would actually probably be, that would be tough for him to get reelected. It, knowing if it was public that his brother was that, unless they want to spend, he's being held illegally by the Rogue Shield agents. That's a good point. You know, since Shield is still considered the bad guy by ostensibly the vast majority of the American population, and also the various entities of government, uh, Senator Ward could be using this as a crusade to a find out what happened to his brother, but b to further his own political ambitions. Which would make sense from a political standpoint. So it'll be be fun to see what direction they take that. So, well, let's talk about one one legal thing that I saw in the last episode was the military funeral for for Lucy Lawless's character. I don't know if she would have been entitled to that because I looked at the VA website and one of the things that excludes a service member from having a military burial is they had to be convicted of subversive activities. And so if you were convicted of subversive activities after September 1st, 1959, uh, she'll have no right to a burial in a national cemetery. She wasn't ever convicted of anything, but running around with a terrorist organization or alleged terrorist organization might be kind of uh, put the brakes on that. Well, I guess it depends. It's not just that she wasn't convicted. She was never indicted. True. She was never arrested. True. She, on, on the books, it appears that she was just a law-abiding citizen and former military officer. Uh, you know, I'm sure the government could find a way to to slow down the paperwork on something like that, but it appears the funeral was already held. Again, I don't think the actual body was in that coffin that they lowered into the ground, but that's for another day. Um, I don't know that they would be able to, to prevent her, and to try to do so would probably kick up a lot of dust and raise a lot of questions. And maybe they don't want to do that now, especially after all the things we've talked about that have, that have been uncovered, you know, another military officer, part of this whole, no, lay it to rest, give her a military, give her a military honors at her funeral and we'll sort it out later. Which would make sense. But again, that was the one issue some of the episodes have lots of clear-cut legal issues where it's very easy this one it's arresting authority of creole and are they still committing treason issues with a plea deal but it's uh lots of fodder in the agents of shield universe from politics and the law so with that any other thoughts jerry i was going to say you know they they sometimes play it fast and fast and loose, but it's television. It's entertainment. Um, you know, we're looking for a deeper meaning in some of these things. Sometimes we just have to kick back and say, look, it's fun. Just enjoy it. But the questions that they raise are interesting ones, and it's going to be fun to see how some of this plays out. Oh, t- 
totally because they they have such a great start this time around and it's fun it's a fun good time and seeing the old ssr logos wherever they are in virginia or baltimore or some other suburb of dc it's fun i like what they're doing I like I like the World War II flashbacks as well. I think Agent Carter is going to be a huge, huge hit. And it's not impossible for it to eclipse Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Things like that have happened. Look at, you know, the, the Star Trek series that followed after the original. You know, Next Generation did a fantastic job, uh, as well as Deep Space Nine. Exactly. So we shall see. We shall see. Well, Jerry... Uh, Keep up the good work in New York, and it's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for having me, Josh. And uh, if people want to check out books that you've written and other things that you have going on, how can they? Uh, what, what's your website? Uh, my book website is 1901robotfighter.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>